All right, we're back. Uh, all of us are here today. Nader, me, Max, Jay, Donovan, all of us. And I think there's a very good reason we're here today. Would you guys say? Nice, nice big old news dropping today. So. A little bit of so. news. A little Monday, bit of news. Monday it's afternoon not, news. Nice it's not, it's not, yeah. I mean, it wasn't that serious, you know? Yeah, you know, just Doug Peterson getting fired. It wasn't that big. And before we get there. into all that, uh, I know we have a lot of thoughts. I just wanted to start with a nice, you know, even if fans are upset or happy or so, whatever it is, like you got to give the guy credit. The first, I still love Doug Peterson. Yeah, first very, very sad to read his statement that the Eagles posted. It was kind of like like gut wrenching. I think it was needed to get rid of him, but even if it was needed, I still love him for what he did for Philadelphia. Like obviously, we they don't have the Super Bowl without Doug Peterson as much. Definitely not as much hate as you want to give him, and as much like for Frank Reich too much uh praise frank reich as the people have frank reich looked like doug peterson on sunday or saturday like the decision making terrible but not the point we're not going to talk about this yeah yeah and and you know reich is great and all but but it was peterson calling the plays in exactly i mean this is he's the guy right he won us you can't take that away from him was good you can't take that away from howie roseman i mean as much as we might get frustrated with these guys you know credit to them it was we were it's great doug had a great tenure here we are happy with with you know in some respects happy with the decision but understand why it was made but you know thank you to doug peterson shout out to doug peterson i think he's better off and and happier now well yeah um sal pals i don't know how much credit you can give him said recently on espn like within the past hour that doug peterson might not coach next year and he might just because the eagles still owe him two years and six million dollars i think it's sal pal said that he could yeah, take sal pal. a year off he could just oh so, yeah sal pal said he's with his wife now in florida and they're gonna do thinking on whether he's going to coach this year yeah i think they all say that and then end up with yeah his job. i mean yeah, either way think, he will get a just offered him job. the head coaching yeah. job that he would take it i agree but that being said peterson could just live the life this year get paid from the eagles Right. So Max, I don't want to jump. I don't want to, I want, I don't want to hijack the hosting duties, but why don't you start with, with initial reactions and then we can go around. Yeah. Might as well start with initial reactions. I mean, I think most of us saw it coming when we saw that he had a second interview with Flurry and that horrible, horrible coaching staff, Doug Peterson had drawed out for next year. Let's quickly talk about it. Uh, He had press Taylor as the offensive coordinator. He had, Andrew Briner, who I had never even heard of. I know he was on the Eagles staff last year as a passing game analyst, whatever the hell that means. Uh, he was going to be the quarterback's coach. And then he either wanted to promote defensive line coach Matt Burke as defensive coordinator, which wasn't terrible. I wasn't really mad at that. But the part that pissed me off was that if he didn't want the job, that he was going to give it to former Eagles defensive back coach Corey Unlin, who was just god-awful in Philadelphia. The Detroit Terrible. Lions had the 32nd-ranked defense. Yeah, he, Corey Unlin's Unlin. not a good defensive coach. Like, I don't know how else you're supposed to get that. Like, get through your head, Doug. Like, this coaching staff was terrible. Dave Phipp should be fired. Dave, He, he wanted he wanted Dave Phipp to stay. Yeah, exactly. That's Not what I'm saying. That. Like, the, I think that's what really that that is what drove Blurry over the edge about this whole situation. There was also the report that came out that Doug threatened to quit last year when Lurry took advantage or not took advantage, but took power and said, "Hey, Micro's got to go." And I, with Lurry on that decision too, Micro had to go at that time. Okay. So I think the separation from Doug and the Eagles was meant to be meant to happen. I think there was too much emotion and confusion within the organization about it. So I think Doug had to go. I think it was the right decision for the Eagles, right decision for Doug. I think it'll work out the best of both worlds. Cause I think they're not going to be, first of all, the Eagles aren't going to be good next year. I don't think without whoever the coaches, I don't think you're going to see a playoff Eagles team next year, but I do think that uh, Doug would have been worse than having a new, 
than the new head coach that will be here next year. So I think it was right for the Eagles to get rid of him. I think the coaching staff was going to be terrible next year. It's best to move on now and get a little head start to a coaching search this year than to be, do it next year. I think the Eagles went into last week, like they went into that Tuesday meeting with, you know, the idea that Doug Peterson is going to be the head coach, but the plan he presented to Jeffrey Lord just wasn't acceptable. And like you said, like press Taylor, Mike Kay put out a pretty good article the other day that kind of highlighted it, that the organization people are trying to convince Doug, like you're don't do this. Like this is your, this is not the, the hill to die on. And then Andrew Briner, he was a passing game analyst. Corey Unlin, unacceptable. That's that's probably the most egregious. Yeah, but that was I think that was the worst part of the report that came out today. Because okay, you say Press Taylor, Press Taylor, passing game coordinator, quarterback coach. At least some people like him around the league. I don't know if Corey Unlin's even employed next year. Uh, he there was a horrible defense. He was not a good defensive backs coach. I was I, I was egregious, and I don't think that this season was the reason Doug got fired kind of like how Lori said in the press conference it was just what's going forward is that Doug Peterson is struggling to put together competent coaching staffs and I don't know why I think, yeah I was thinking I, there's a lot of tension yeah and then mm-hmm. and it goes back to Mike Grow because Doug wanted to keep Grow Roseman and Lori pushed for him not to and I think that caused some disdain and you could see it from both sides where Laurie is saying, I know you like these guys, but the product on the field is still not good. Like, Laurie was giving Doug the opportunity to pick his coaches. Like, that's he was picking the coaches. And McLean mentioned it before that because Doug does not have this large pool of coaching, like, friends, I, I, not like say like friends, but like people he knows that could come in, they've relied on Roseman to go and find guys like Schwartz and Scangarello. And when now it's up to Doug. All he has is people he's worked with, which is Taylor and Unlin. And it was a disaster. And I don't think he came in today really considering changing. Maybe he was done. He, he probably came in today saying, I don't, I don't want to be here with this. Like they're saying, they're saying they fired him, but I think it was more of a mutually parted ways. I think, yeah, I think they both just could not agree on what's going forward, especially with the coaching staff. I think this is independent of Carson Wentz and independent not so much of higher Roseman, but I think that's it's all kind of boiled over into where Laurie was did not agree with what Doug wanted to do on the staff. Doug did not want you know them telling him what to do anymore. And that's just where it is. And I we talked about it a little bit. It did not seem like the Eagles thought Doug Peterson would get that Super Bowl that early. I know Nader has some thoughts on that too. It just didn't seem like they were that confident in him going forward, which is because they just didn't seem like they trusted him enough with personnel, with his staff. I mean, yeah, that stems from the the also the report that they were considering firing him after the 2016 season. So yeah, yeah, that, that tells you everything. Yeah, which too, was like, ludicrous. You don't fire a coach after one year. I'm sorry. Unless we'll talk I about mean, it later. That, that tells you that tells and you yeah, everything right there that I, they didn't yeah, believe they in thought, him at all. They thought about it. They thought about it. But then, I mean – Whatever, whatever it's happened. Stupid. It did, it's stupid. It's asinine to fire a coach after one season. And it didn't, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen, so we can't even talk about that really as a, a concrete point. But they just didn't seem like they ever trusted him, which we'll talk about the coaching search later. But I do think, 
I think things, I don't think they're hiring a yes man. I know everyone's going to say that. I don't think they're hiring a yes man for whatever thing, whatever reason. I don't see it. They're not going to hire some rando, like, like a micro level coach, just so Howie and Lori could walk all over him. I don't think that's going to happen. No, you have to find a. You have to. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm let Donovan go after this. You do have to find a coach that can work with Howie Roseman, and there are some out there, and we'll talk about that. We'll definitely but, talk about it. Donovan, Donovan thoughts. How do you feel? No, I just, you know, I think it was a decision that needed to be made it, to be made for both sides. I mean, Doug needed a fresh start. You know, it's it's kind of a, unlike Chip, you know, with Andy Reid when when Andy Reid was let go it was time for him to go and it was time for him to get a fresh start. And it was time for the Eagles to get a fresh start on a new coach and a new era. And they went with chip and for the worst it, you know, it didn't really end that end how it should have. And Doug was brought in a new era in Philadelphia Eagles football. He brought in a super bowl, which we will be grateful for. But unfortunately there was some, you know, after the super bowl season, there was downfalls. The play calling wasn't, particularly good the the staff hirings you know he you know you have to remember too is that Doug wanted more control over the staff that he hires and Lurie and how he gave him that control and when Doug pitched him what he wanted to do with that they didn't like they didn't like what they saw and neither yeah. did the fan base I mean the, I mean looking at it I mean you got the Detroit Lions defensive backs coach who they have the worst. They probably have the worst secondary, the worst defense in football. He was and a coordinator, time, and he spent time he with DBs coach. He was with, but he was yeah, a he was a yeah, DB yeah. coach here and Slash, the defensive yeah, yeah. coordinator. And yeah, 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 that's what I meant. I'm sorry. Yeah, and he turned but, one of the best cornerback prospects in Jeff Okuda into slime. Yeah, yeah. So it's fixed. Robert Sal fix him, but don't worry. I mean, and and a decision like keeping Dave Dave Fit, you know, stuff like that. Matt Burke wasn't. I don't. I don't think Matt the Matt Burke decision would have been. The worst I wouldn't thing have been in the mad if Matt Burke was the defensive. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. I don't think that because Matt Burke's been been good as a defensive lines coach here, but I think the problem is is that you don't really see anybody in a Doug Peterson type tree, where you have all of these coaches. Greg, John D. Filippo for a little bit. Uh, Don DeFilippo wasn't really. He, that he good. fell he went, off. He went to Jacksonville. He went to Jacksonville. He went to. He fell off since the Super Bowl, but I mean, after yeah, but, coming after that year, everyone was like, "Oh, John DeFilippo, quarterback guru." Yeah, I mean, it just uh, it doesn't seem like right now Doug. It's not the Sean McVay tree. Yeah, it just it just seems like right now Doug Peterson doesn't have that many people in his circle as of right now, and uh, at showing more than ever because he couldn't hire he can't hire anybody outside of the organization that could benefit or translate into being a good coaching staff which doesn't make yeah. sense because his agent is is one of the biggest like coaching agents in the league and so, folks read- i gotta jump in here the cowboys just hired yeah, Dan just Quinn that. as defensive okay. coordinator so that's just terrible um yeah, if- i mean we kind of i figured that was gonna happen yeah i knew so that once he threw it for the interview all right, Nate, um, your thoughts. I mean, his defense yeah. has been awful for the past few years. But, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, good for Nader, Dallas. That's thoughts a on the whole Doug Peterson thing. Yeah, so here's what I'll say. Why did Doug Peterson get fired? A lot of people are saying, you know, it's the staff issue that he was having this year. I feel like there's a multitude of reasons. I, I think the answer is sort of, sort of simply, they just didn't trust him ever since they hired him. They'd never trusted this guy as as a decision maker or a head coach or or with any sort of power within the organization. He, I mean, we all remember this. He was, you know, he was mentioned very early in the process in 2016 when the Eagles were I looking for a new coach. I think he was one of the coach. first names mentioned. He was one of the first names, definitely. 
put partially because of the connection with Andy Reid, partially because they had probably just been looking at him previously, you know, whether or not it was speculation or there was real reports, he was one of the first guys they were looking at. They then went down the list. They started with Gase, who went to Miami and was hired in Miami. Or when did he go, Adam Gase? Miami. He, he was leaving Miami, right? Leave Miami, go to New York, I think. No, no, no he, he, went leaving, he went to Miami. He went to Miami. He went to Chicago. Okay. Yeah. So, so Gase is the first guy hired. They miss out on him, even though they liked him a lot. They then t- turn their attention to Ben McAdoo, who was a disaster. They send a limo to Ben McAdoo, getting <laughs> ready to hire him. This has been well reported. The Eagles were ready to hire Ben McAdoo. The Giants came in at the 12th hour, or really 13th hour, and, and offered in, McAdoo the job. So swept right under the Eagles' nose. Tom Coughlin. Don't forget about Tom Coughlin. And then Tom Coughlin comes into play. He, but that just never worked because he couldn't right. get any – his staff just wouldn't be – it wouldn't work. He, he sort of was never really going to be the coach, but the Eagles seriously considered him. After all of that, the Eagles were basically the last team left in the coaching pool without a, without a guy. And they went back to the tree and they said, you know, Andy, what do you think of Doug? Andy said, Doug's great. You should hire Doug. So they hired Doug and, you know, even to start, they hire his staff for him practically. And, you know, the following year, like Max mentioned, they consider firing him and hiring Jim Schwartz. They have an informal interview with Jim Schwartz that led some in the building. Yeah. led some in the building to believe that Doug's job was, you know, in question and that Schwartz was, had a little bit more clout. And that's, you know, if you guys remember, it's only the last couple of years things have sort of calmed down between Shorts and Peterson. At the very beginning, yeah. it was very much like you had two head coaches in there. There was a lot of budding heads. They, did, they, yeah. never, they didn't know each other, and right. I think just over the years they kind right. of developed a better relationship. Yeah, so, I think Super Bowl so, helped that. Right. So from the from the jump, it's clear that the organization doesn't really, you know, they didn't really trust Doug Peterson. And, you know, I'm not even blaming them for that because the guy had barely been a coach. He had been the offensive coordinator in Kansas City, I think, a year, maybe two years. Right? He hadn't really done much. He didn't have an impressive resume. He had been in Philadelphia before as a quarterback. Not a particularly good one. That doesn't really matter. But, coach. you know. It's back a quarterback. And, and a coach. Yeah. yeah, he was here with Andy. He's, he's really, his only accolade was that he was on Andy Reid's staff. And the Kansas City Chiefs at the time were pretty good. They had just I mean, lost the, the thing around the league, I think, is that you can't – there's a very real chance if you take someone from the Andy Reid coaching tree, they turn out to be a success. And, and for good reason because it's the best yeah, coaching no. tree in the league. So, yeah, so okay, so then – right. So that, that happens, like Jay mentioned, the team was not ready to compete in 2017. Carson Wentz catches on fire. Peterson's calling good plays. The whole team is in a groove. They sort of hit on a couple free agents they weren't expecting to get a lot of production out of. I'm thinking Patrick Robinson, Chris Long. And all of a sudden, Corey the team Graham. is sort of, yeah, the team is sort of electric. And, you know, even in, in, in all sports, yeah, in all sports, you need a little bit of luck to win, obviously, right? The best Thank you God can do is just maximize your odds in every year. But still, you're going to need require luck. Nick Foles plays out of his mind. You know, I, he can't replicate that if he played for 100 more games. He would never no, replicate no the chance. success he had. The, the defense, you know, Keanu Neal knees the ball in the air and it's the Eagles get a field goal out of that drive in Atlanta. Julio Jones drops or goes through his hands on the game winning. So lots of luck took place. The Eagles, great season, incredible run. They were incredible all year. I think they were the best team in DVOA. You know, they, they're 13 and they were 13 and two before throwing the Dallas game. Number one seed. Great. So the Eagles are sort of pleasantly surprised by Doug Peterson and they say, wow, I can't believe this. You know, we found ourselves a gem. Andy Reid does it again. Yada, yada, yada. The following year, there's some troubles. You know, the Mike Rowe situation. He's here for two years, I believe, right? He was the, yeah, he was the OC for so two years. 2018 and 2019, he was the offense coordinator. At the end of the 2019 season, Doug promises Carson Walsh and Mike Rowe that they will be back 
the following year, which I agree with everybody who's been saying that that was the wrong decision. I didn't have much confidence in Micro. I don't think the organization had much confidence in Micro. Lurie specifically was not a fan of Micro and forces had forces Peterson to make the make the change. Peterson threatens to resign at the time. Ultimately, does not follow through, but clearly very frustrated with the fact that he can't pick his own staff. And that's where we get to the point where we are today, where you know they they sort of give him Scangarello and Morningweg, who are disasters. And Terrible. and and uh, a year later. He has this meeting with Jeffrey where he presents his coaches. You know, I mentioned earlier, it wasn't as bad as people are making it out to be. It was not good. Certainly not good. Um, but, you know. It was frustrating to see that. It's yeah, just, I think it's like everybody has mentioned, thing. like everybody has mentioned, you know, the problem here is that Peterson legitimately does not know anybody. And that's the consequence of taking somebody who's barely been a coach in the league and only really had one job or one He's substantial a, He always job. really followed Andy Reid. He's like he, he yep. has no idea who any of these people are, and, and of course we know about his agent. I forget the guy's name, but a Bob very Lamont. prominent Bob Lamont, right? Prominent agent a, for and executive then there's the and coaches. There's the thing with Howie is that Howie can help him find coaches, but they don't have a good relationship. So that's right. a tricky situation. That's something so, that's been talked right. about. Right. So so you know he doesn't really know anybody. So it's not surprising that he's picking guys that you know what are not even like. It's not like he's picking nobodies. The only person that you could really say. Even Corey Unland got a defensive coordinator job in his career, right? He's not picking wasn't good at it. He wasn't good at it, but like even Press Taylor, some Jay mentioned, some guys in the league are high on Press Taylor. No, yeah, Brad reports the day inside, that Press yeah. Taylor is very high. People so, so you know, he's just picking guys that you know is that that he knows have some interest that he likes that he's had success with because honestly, he doesn't know anybody else, and that's a fault and that's a problem, definitely. But you know. For that to be the reason to fire him, it, there's just so many layers underneath it that went wrong before that. And ultimately, if you had trust in Doug Peterson, if you trusted the guy who won you the Super Bowl from the beginning, at the very start, you would have let him keep Mike Rowe. And I know people are like, oh, yeah, I would have intervened as well. But no, you wouldn't. If you trust the guy to put his staff together, even if you think it's the wrong decision, you let the guy pick the coordinator that he wants. And if it goes poorly, then you start intervening. Or then you say, Doug, we got we to gotta take a different direction here. Or then you say, you can't put together a staff. I think this organization- you just fire him. Get rid of him. I, or you fire him. I think this organization would be in a significantly better place if they let him keep Mike Rowe after the 2019 season. And they came back this year and said, this was a tire fire. We have to get towards looking at other guys. And Doug would have probably been like, you know what? Fine. I'm out. Give me a list. Or he would have said, I'm out, right? Instead, they force him to make these changes. He's frustrated. He feels like he can't talk to Jeffrey or have- Howie, like they sort of want him out. And you saw that report with Garofolo afterward, Rappaport afterwards, where he said that, you know, Doug was sort of just tired of people telling him what to do, which reasonably so. And so you've created a toxic environment and you said, we've handcuffed you for three years. We don't really trust you to make decisions. They probably didn't trust him to pull Wentz in during the season anyway. You know, there was some scattered rumors that Howie Roseman was picking who the uh, inactives were going to be and not really communicating with the coaching staff. They didn't trust him. That's fine. You don't have to trust him. But if you're going to hire him, you should at least give him a little bit of, you know, autonomy. And they didn't. And ultimately, the relationship would sour. It seems like they weren't on the same page. Doug wasn't that upset about being fired. And, and here we are finding ourselves with Howie Roseman getting his third head coaching candidate search in the last decade and going to be on his fourth head coach since he'd been a major part of football operations for the last 12 years. I think it was time for Peterson to leave. 
But I think Peterson is a better coach than people give him credit for, certainly without his with flaws, right? And he did not have a good season. And he is definitely to be held responsible for how uh, for Carson Wentz's regression and for the offenses, you know, just stagnant play all year. And, and, you know, his play calling has gotten worse. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to defend any of that, but I think that in a different scenario, in a different environment, if this, if this organization is not as toxic, if Howard Roseman is more willing to work with other people and not immediately throw them under the bus, like it seems like, you know, even coming into this job, there were reports recently that Peterson knew coming into this job that if things went sour, he would be the fall guy for the organization. And it's obvious that he was given that he was just fired. You know, I think if your, your organization is a little bit more functional, you can have a scenario in which Peterson gets constructive criticism that he doesn't know how to build the staff, that you can collaborate on how to build a staff, that you can give him some actual autonomy, give him a little bit of credit for what he's done here and improve as opposed to just abandon ship when things are going poorly, which has basically been the way that the Eagles have been run for a decade. And like, you know, we'll get into a lot of the details and the fallout and what this all means and who's potentially next, but I'm just not confident that this organization can put together consistent winning like they did in the early 2000s without, without without a change at, uh, with Howard Roseman. And, and, and I, I think e- even to an extent, Jeffrey Lurie, and we'll get into his press conference today. Yeah, let's let's he, dive into it, Nader. Sure. I know you're the one who really wants to talk about it because me and Jay both think it was useless. Yeah, why don't you guys that, go first? Think, you guys go first, yeah. press conference was completely useless. It looked like Doug, Doug Peterson. It looked like Jeffrey Lurie came in kind of unprepared to answer some of these questions. He was unprepared, dude. His answers were terrible. They're illogical. His, They're either, awful. Either he's lying. Either, either Jeffrey Lurie is lying to you which he probably, he very possible. I think he's omitting quite a bit, yeah. Or he is fully believing what he's saying. And I really, is he believing some of it? Yes. Is he lying to us? Yes. As he should, to you know, honestly, to an extent. You know, we don't need full visibility, but yeah. And one thing, like, I don't think, like, people are like, oh, he's he's dumb, he's a terrible owner. That's just not true. This is a press conference. He's not going to tell you everything that he's supposed to tell you. Why would he do that? But it's just... A lot of it was was just so much of omitting Howie and the front office from from clear flaws, and it was it's just I rather have you said if you're keeping Howie, you say you keep Howie, but you should have showed some accountability toward him. And one thing I saw today, it's Jeffrey Lurie. Probably why he doesn't do that is because there's they play basically in hand in hand. Jeffrey Lurie tells Howie what he wants, and Howie executes that every move that is made, gets a stamp of approval from the owner. The owner has his hands in everything that's done. Jeffrey Lurie is one of those owners who's involved in everything. Is he? I don't know. This meddling owner thing, whatever. Every owner is involved in football. Jeffrey Lurie is open about how much he's involved in football. Yeah, no, he's, I think he's overly involved. So... But and yeah, just he's not continue, he's not Jerry in. Jones involved, right? Just jumping in there, I, oh, I Jerry think, Jones I think back a different kind I, of involved. I think yeah. back to Daryl Morey's press conference when he was hired by the Sixers. He essentially said, "I like owners being involved because they ask questions, they force you to double check your process and all that." I think that's what Lurie did at the beginning of his tenure. I do not believe him when he says he's had the same involvement for 25 years. He's clearly more involved than he used to be. Yeah. And I think he's doing a little bit more than just asking questions. He is in, you know, he's watching processes. He's getting involved when he thinks things aren't going well. He's not letting the process play out in the same way. And, you know, to an extent, I don't blame him, right? The team has not been incredible. But after you win the Super Bowl, I, I think that you'd be a little bit more hands off. And it doesn't seem like we have evidence that he was. No, I would give and, Doug Peterson and, more of control of the team. Yeah. And, and part of the reason, you know, part of the reason Howie Roseman's going to be here forever is because 
he's he's he lets him do that yeah like, he's mm-hmm. uniquely excellent at balancing that role of, of jeffrey gets insight feels like he has control over his team and trusts howie to make those decisions and that's why hey, i talked about earlier, today yeah yeah like, that's why i suggested look, earlier yeah. that howie should be something like a special assistant to the general manager or like a senior advisor i mean to senior advisor to the owner because that's honestly what he is right he's making the decisions because he wants to make the decisions and, and, you know, that's the whole point of his job. But ultimately he's here because he's a liaison between Jeffrey Lurie and all of the people underneath Howie Roseman. And so long as that exists, and that's sort of the reason that Jeffrey fired his childhood best friend, Joe Banner, who he brought in when he bought the team, he fires Joe Banner. Why? Because Howie Roseman was better at letting him get involved and Jeffrey felt like he was losing his team. And you saw that trend again in 2015 mm-hmm. when he gave full control to Chip Kelly. Chip sort of iced him out of the that process. That broke him. That literally yeah. that has traumatized think, yeah. him. That's why he's unwilling to give any coach the same sort of power, even remotely similar. Unless why- unless Howie is okay with it. Right. Right. And, and, and the last thing I'll mention before and Jake how we won't continues. give up that. Yeah. Before you guys continue with the, with the press conference, the last I thing I'll mention is that there, about was, the press conference. there was a report from Jeff McLean earlier this off season about the relationship between Doug and, and Howie. And one of the things he mentions in that report is that the reason uh, Doug was on their list to begin with. And ultimately the person they decided on was because Howie knew that he was not going to be a confrontational guy. He knew he wasn't going to have to have a power struggle with him the same way he did with Yeah, Well, here we are. They they sort of took a lower profile coach that they didn't think would cause drama within the organization. And that's that's who you're looking for. But But that's the thing. When you're looking for a head coach now, now you're looking for, can you mesh with Howie? Because there are guys who can. Doug was not. For now. But, or you need one of those low profile guys like Ooh. Matt Kafka, Mike Kafka, yeah. Like, stop it. We'll talk about the candidates later, though, in the pod. It looks like Jay just froze, by the way. So, ah, uh, Jay, come on. All right. Well, yeah, Nader, tell us what you think about the press conference. Yeah. Since you think it was so wonderful. I, I mean, I don't think it was what I've been Not talking wonderful, a lot, but so, you so thought there I, was some things that Lurie then, was saying. Yeah. So basically, like, I, I just think whenever you have press conference like this with smart people like Jack Jeff Lurie, like. Harry Roseman, non-football guys per se, people who just, you know, essentially running or involved in running the the business of the team to an extent, or, you know, the, the non-football decision, sort of the uh, operation side of the team, they're going to speak in, in very different terms than the coach will. And I think Jeffrey comes out here and there's a, there's a couple things you can take away from what he said, because it's clear he's not going to answer any of these questions and he sort of has an agenda of what he wants you to know and what not, what he doesn't want, what you, what he wants. Why am I tripping over my words right now? What he doesn't want you to know, but there's a couple of things I would say. Number one, most notably at the end of the press conference, he referred to Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz as assets and said, whoever the new coach, basically in, in yeah, the new words, coaches can have yeah. total control over who the quarterback is. He basically year. says in different words, whoever the new coach decides to go with, he'll yeah, have we'll another asset that. on the roster to do something with. And I think that comes directly from Howie Roseman's mouth. I think that's Howie Roseman's in the meetings with Jeffrey Lurie saying, hey, we've got two assets at quarterback here. Whoever the guy decides to go with, we can trade the other one. I never don't believe Andrew Brent when he tells you that the Eagles can't trade Carson Wentz. He's if they want to trade Carson Wentz, <laughs> They can trade Carson he, Wentz. So. He, he, he was hyping himself up today with the whole. I know, he, yeah, oh, I, was, I hate Andrew Brandt cannot come back from this. He better no, retire. He can't. He he's better leave. Oh, yeah. If Wentz gets crazy. Traded, I, I can't. I can't believe how many times he's doubled down. Anyway, so. And I hate so, seeing him on podcasts and everything. Yeah, related I can't to listen to him anymore. So. So that's takeaway. Number one is that he refers to them both as, as assets. So previously, when I thought there was no chance they would trade Jalen Hurts, 
I would actually not be surprised if the new guy comes in and likes Carson and they trade Hurts for Dude, Carson's a late first. talent. He's had a bad year. It's like 50, 50. So it went from zero. Yeah. It went from it zero to 50. And yeah, there's a chance that, they trade Jalen It's Hurts. not even just quarterbacks. It's just this whole like organizational process. It's awesome. It's just been, so, like, it's it's been like, because, because at first we thought, grabs. because at first we thought, you know, we, we made so many podcasts about it. We thought for sure how it would be gone. And then the, it kind of shifted to Doug and then it was both. And then now it's like, yeah. We'll talk you know, about Wentz Hurts right after this. Nader finished with the Jeffrey yeah, Lurie. Yeah, so that's number one. Number two, I'll say, is the beginning we talked about. Lurie clearly does not expect the Eagles to compete for the next couple of years. He and Howie Roseman both spent the last couple of years thinking this was going to be a team that's competing for a Super Bowl. They allegedly allegedly made moves, and we'll get into this if we want to evaluate Howie, which might be a different podcast, but yeah, they allegedly podcast. they allegedly made moves that would shorten their title window but increase the odds that they win a championship this year or last year or the year before. So one thing from, from Jeff is that he and Howie, presumably, because you can assume when Jeff is talking that Howie is also talking because, you know, they're a tandem at this point. Um, they don't expect the Eagles to compete the next couple of years. I would assume they stock up on draft picks, try to acquire young talent, don't make trades like the yeah, Darius the Slay thing trade. I say today, even though Jeff Lurie isn't the GM, he did mention the stockpiling of maybe getting more assets. Yeah. So Right now, I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Eagles trade back in the draft, but obviously yep, Jeff definitely possible. The GM. Definitely one, possible. Here's one thing I just want to intervene. So, yeah, Jeff said they're basically a rebuilding team. They want yeah. to stockpile picks, young players. If you're looking at the quarterbacks, no, don't say it. Doesn't the mm-hmm. twenty doesn't the twenty two year old rookie contract make more sense? And that two he said two three four years doesn't that make more sense? Oh, I agree. But I, in I think... two years, Carson's thirty. Yeah. What do you, Jay? Do you when, really want to take Jay, Trey Lance at six? No, no, no. He's talking about Hurts. No, he's talking about Hurts. Hurts versus Wentz. Oh, 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 yeah. okay, okay. I'm saying okay. if you're picking, so if you, if you're hiring a coach, and that coach says, "Oh, I want to, I think we could roll with this kid, the 22 year old." Doesn't I'm just yeah, saying doesn't getting rid of Wentz? Send but does not to Indianapolis? If, even before right. the, even before you go through that coaching process, doesn't in that light, adding picks, getting younger, clearly getting cheaper, the 28 year old. Who's making more, making a substantial amount more money? I don't think he fits their timeline, but he could if he gets better. Right. Yeah. And, no, I, I think you're yeah. totally right. If, if Carson, hypothetically, right. if Carson Wentz went back to his 2017 year when he was MVP, the Eagles can beat anyone they want. I just they, don't they, want. I just don't want them don't to think hire anybody. Back there. I just don't want them to hire anybody because Carson based off Wentz of Wentz. Did. Yeah. Let's yeah. Nader again finish the press conference. We, I promise, Jay, we will get into Wentz right after this. All right. And then we with the coaches. Yes. Exciting yeah. Time Lots to talk the, about. Yeah. The last, the last thing, sorry, I had to go get a charger. The last thing I'll say about the Lurie press conference, besides, you know, they're rebuilding and that, you know, Wentz, Wentz and Hertz are both assets, um, is that he, he, the, the takeaway I had with him with Howie is that part of the reason he values Howie here is because he believes Howie has put together a really good staff around him. A few and, guys in there, I could see and, about yeah, that. Yeah, and you know what? Really and, and we've we've talked about this before. The Eagles' problem is not talent evaluation per se. It's the they result. have a problem. They have a problem with pro pro talent evaluation certainly, and that gets into the contracts they've been giving out and the free agents they've signed and development, development and college scouting. They've they've from all the reports. They have scouted the right guys and had good grades on the right guys. And Lurie even sort of, yeah. And Lurie even, even sort of 
he implied that there was a lot of guys in recent memory that they were planning on taking that were off the board before they picked that turned out to be really good players. So I, I think they, they believe and reports seem to confirm that their staff is pretty good. Their scouting staff is pretty good led by Weidel and Smolensky. And um, their problem really is decision-making and that falls on Howie. And so the decision-making of drafting Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson, if you have similar grades on them, comes down to who you think fits your timeline and fits your roster more. And that's a decision Howie Roseman made, maybe with some pressure from the coaching staff, maybe, but it's still Howie Roseman's decision. Same goes for drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round, as opposed to a safety like Jeremy Chin that the scouting department had high on their boards. So, you know, I think that's part of the reason. And I think Howie has been more willing to probably because his job is so safe, take a step back and say, Hey, this is what we struggled with. We need help in this area. Unlike Peterson, who, because he had no power, sort of grasped any kind of power he was given, and that includes prey calling. So Howard Roseman brings in John Dorsey. He's not worried about John Dorsey taking his job as much as the fan wants him to. <laughs> if Doug Peterson brought in, you know, an elite play calling offensive coordinator, I think he'd be pretty worried about that guy taking his job. So I think that's yeah, part of the thing. Been so hot seat, I would so, say since last year. Yeah. So I would say, you know, the the part of the reason how he's here and will remain here is because the staff is good. And if you want anything to hang on to, because it doesn't seem like how he's going anywhere, the staff is not bad. And so if you want any silver lining of hope, maybe the staff starts, maybe how he starts giving into the scouting department a little bit more changing his processes and, and, you know, stop forcing picks just for the sake of competing now or positional need or whatever it is. So yeah. I'm okay. Yeah, with so, having, yeah, that's a Jeff Lurie press conference. Jay, you got I'm something okay. to add? I'm okay with having, having, with Howie having some long-term security because GMs in the short term make short-term moves and that hurts your long-term. They need to true. make, they need to make long-term moves. So if Howie feels comfortable making long-term moves, I think they won't force things like signing a 33 year old Deshaun Jackson to an $11 million a year contract mm. or no. bringing Malik Jackson in for $10 million a year. I think they're more likely to, if they're going to go for a free agent, you look for that 20, they look for that guy coming off his first contract, like Javon Hargrave. It's you'd rather Howie be gone, but he's not. It's the chances we, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So you have I mean, to look. My, my position is definitely that this, this organization will be in dysfunction until he is, but given that he's not Jay's right, there are places that you got to look that they can improve. Yeah. And I know we talked about it a little bit to the Lurie press conference, but let's transition into Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts right now real quick. So a few reports came out today. The first one I think we saw was from Jeremy Fowler from ESPN who said that obviously everyone knows Peterson and Wentz, their relationship is pretty fractured. So the thinking behind it was if Peterson stayed, Wentz goes. So now that Peterson's gone, Fowler is saying that there's a possibility that Wentz Become, it becomes more positive and he the relationship is salvageable and that he could return it's more likely he returns he said it we was also like, have the we also have the chris mortensen report jay that said this firing has nothing to do with that nothing to do with carson Wentz. they will yeah. let the new head coach pick the quarterback which is the decision and Lurie kind of alluded to that and the thing with fowler's report and rapaport also mentioned it kind of basically said the exact same thing as fowler said in different words if the chances that Carson Wentz was going to come back with Doug Peterson were zero, of course, it's an increase. If it goes to 25%, yeah. that's a large jump from zero. So whether it's, whether he's back, whether he wants to be back or not, Peterson being gone aids that, but we don't know where he still stands. It's going to come off the, 
with whoever the hire as a head coach because I don't. It, it all depends on who that. I don't is. think they should go into this offseason with the sole reason of we're no. fixing Carson Wentz. That's no. It. They should we, let the head coach choose it. Yeah, and 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 I think both those reports can be true at the same time. I think it's probably true. The Mort report is probably the most true, which is that I don't think the Wentz played a huge factor in this decision. Maybe Lurie thinks that you know Doug's handling of Wentz wasn't good, but I don't think they made the decision to fire Peterson because they wanted to keep Carson Wentz. I think uh, Lori has a preference. Yeah. And I think the foul report is also true that this probably makes it more likely that that relationship can be mended, but I don't think that necessarily means he's going to be back or that they've decided that, you know, Carson Wentz is the guy and Jeffrey is like, we need whoever we hire is going to be committed to Wentz. I mean, I, I think all this stuff is possible, but everything you've seen and heard and sort of makes sense to believe is that they will let the new guy pick the head, the, the quarterback and the other guy will likely be traded or, you know, at the very least, something will happen, right? I don't, I don't, maybe they, I don't, I don't, they haven't really talked about drafting a new kid at any I point. I doubt, I highly doubt they go yeah. draft it's a new possible. kid. It's possible. It would, it would it's be, it would be the most mind-boggling thing that they could no, do. No, I, I don't by, even I think I say it's mind-boggling. But it's either these guys on the roster are franchise quarterbacks for the next 10 years. We'll, we'll at least also talk about, yeah. Hurts. yeah. If, they, if, if, the, if the coach pod, says, but, if the coach says it's not Hurts, it's not Wentz, then that's a possibility. Yes, no, especially, especially if Fields drops as opposed to like Lance or Wilson. I mean, who knows? I was going, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right now, just based off, off the top of my head, one of the top three, like obviously Trevor Lawrence is probably he's not dropping the, anything. No, but Jackson, Trevor Lawrence he's going is dropping overall, and then he's you going have the first at four. You know, if Zach Wilson or if Zach Wilson or Justin Fields drops to no, six. There's, a, there's a chance that all four quarterbacks are gone by the time yeah. they're on the yeah, there's a very real chance. So that's we can talk about that in a different draft pod. Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts. One of them is going to be the quarterback next year, in my opinion, depending on the head coach. They're not going into this offseason saying Wentz is my quarterback or going to the offseason saying Hurts is my quarterback. They're going in with letting Until the they coach. have a coach. Until yes. they have a coach. Yes, that's what, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. And so the one they're going to let the head coach choose who they want to start. And Howie's okay. going to have a say, too. So, I mean, I don't know. Oh, how is that? Howie will have it's going to be discussed between Howie and the coach. Yeah, Howie's going to have and a say. And the coach has to work with Howie. So, it does. Howie does have a role in who's the coach. Who's All right, let's talk about the coach. But going we? into the coaches, the one there's a few names mentioned today. Sal All right, ready? I'm gonna, do you want me to mention every name right now, real quick? Yeah, go All for right. it. So we had Ian Rappaport talked about Mike Kafka. That's a possibility. The Chiefs' quarterbacks coach, former Eagles QB too. Passing game. Then we had Sal Powell today. Sal Powell mentioned like a bunch of names. I'm gonna rattle them all off right now. Most of them are not good, and most of them I don't want. But we have Todd Bowles and Eric Bieniemy, Jim Caldwell, Deuce Daly, Lincoln Riley, and Josh McDaniels. And here's, I'm just going to quickly say my thoughts on this. I think that your head coach next year is going to either be Deuce Daly or Lincoln Riley. Wait, wait, Max, uh, you should also add McManus and Rappaport. I mean, McManus and Schefter had like a sort of, it wasn't a joint report, but McManus put out one, a list and Schefter was like, this is a good list. And it was basically, you know, Deuce, it was the same sort of guys, Deuce, Kafka, maybe the enemy. Charles uh, Robinson also, the he yeah, Robinson mentioned Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. Yeah, Lincoln Riley, Riley is also mentioned and, and, and Deuce. Yeah, so like all the same sort of guys. I think the four names you keep hearing are Mike Kafka, Deuce Daly, Lincoln Mike, Riley. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, uh, Mike Silver or Mike maybe Fisher. One of them. They well, also mentioned Brian Dabble. We'll see yeah, there. They, I, they mentioned Joe Brady too. I mean, yeah, Brady be has been Right now it sounds there. like Brady is, we saw today, there's rumors that he might be headed to Atlanta. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, yeah, so we saw that. We saw a bunch of rumors about coaches today. We've talked about it as a group. We think there's only going to be like four or five guys they actually consider. Jay, t- tell us what train you're on. 
Well, this morning I was fully on the Deuce Caboose. I was fully on Deuce Daly as a head coach, and I would 100% support I'd Deuce Daly as head the head coach. We yeah. saw Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, We've seen a lot of players. Every, I, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say every single player that has either been asked or voluntarily brings up Deuce Daly they all says he him. should be a head coach. They all and, love and him. for good reason. Room, if they yeah. ask the locker room, I nine. If they just said yes or no, is Deuce Daly, would you accept that? I think everyone would say yes. Everyone would yeah. say yes to Deuce people. And and yeah, and I've heard a lot Deuce of Daly. I've heard a lot of fans be like, we need an outside voice, and that's certainly the case. I think if you hire Deuce Daly, you should be prepared that that guy is not going to be your main schemer or play caller or designer. He's he is leader. going to be the, the CEO type, yeah, leader of men sort of. Like, he's, exactly. like locker room. he's changing that culture. He's re, he's like he's yeah. reshooting that culture. He's, a, he's like a lot like he's a lot like Brian Flores. He's, he's a culture like Tomlin, he's, Brian he's, Flores, John he's, Harbaugh. He's, he's he's just a culture changer. Like he's just. He's not the I best Tomlin. Play caller, I think Tomlin is a, is a great comparison. He Tomlin does not, you know, he's got a system there. They they have never won fewer than eight games. You know, they, they're consistently good. But they play hard. They play. He, yeah, they play hard. Play he hard elevates every- the staff around him is the key. And so if it mm-hmm. is Deuce Daly, I think they give another call to Graham Harrell, who's the UC, uh, USC USC offense coordinator. They find a guy who they can now give play calling to because I don't think Deuce is going to be the play caller. And they say, hey, you're going to come in here with an unprecedented amount of control over the offense. And then it's incumbent on Deuce to turn this into a system where one one year of success, this guy gets hired away. You can plug somebody else in and have that sort of internal system of promotions that Peterson was trying to foster because eventually your coaches will get hired away. And what you want and the most successful person in the league at doing this has been Andy Reid. In, in figuring out which coaches are valuable to his team and, and how he can create a system that even if one guy's gone, you can replace him with another guy and the system still goes on. So I think Deuce would be a great option for that, but you know, we can go on with the other names too. Oh, I'm thing, on the Lincoln Riley train. I would, they're going to, that's the first. Lincoln Riley's right. If you had think, to ask, if you had to ask them off the record, I 100% believe they would say it's Lincoln Riley. And yeah. I think. Well, we saw yet. Oklahoma's head coach. Yeah, just, I think Lincoln Riley is their preferable head coach. Everything but I think he wants. He wants an offensive-minded head coach. Like he an wants, innovative offensive He wants to look coach. forward yeah. to the future of offensive football. Lincoln Riley is, I think he's less than, he's like 45 we, years old. We saw what he did with Jalen Hurts last year. Hurts at Alabama was all right. Not, don't get me wrong, he was good. I think he, he wants a huge step at Oklahoma. Yeah. Under I mean, he's, he's, put up, he's put up Murray, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. And now Jalen Hurts. Spencer Rattler's pretty Spencer good. Rattler. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like he's gonna have another year as well. Like that Matt might keep Rule, him there. I don't know. There's money. Yeah, but why? If you get this, the thing with Riley is, I think if they're if they're gonna jump through the hoops to get him out of Oklahoma, they're gonna show him we clearly trust you. He would get much more power than Doug Peterson had. Right. He would probably and have the, the personnel. Personnel. Some, some personnel say say of the staff, say of the players on the roster, like control the 53. That all those things Howie had, Howie, over the past few years, but I think especially the last year, I believe, actually even going back to twenty the twenty eighteen draft, the Eagle Howie Roseman has built up this friendship with Lincoln Riley. They spoke to him about Orlando Brown Jr. The tackle. Yeah, Charles Robinson, real quick, butting in here. Charles Robinson said that Howie and Lincoln Riley have a really good relationship. They spoke about Jalen Rager and they spoke about Jalen Hurts. Riley. Riley is the Howie Roseman coach. Coach, yeah. yes, yeah. He yeah, is yeah. literally the the coach Howie Roseman looks yep. for. They can work together. 
They're I think, yeah, but I think the problem with Riley obviously is he has very good job security at Oklahoma. Yeah, it's going to cost don't... a lot to get him into but the yeah. NFL. But if, I, but I think I think I agree with all, with all you guys. They're they're gonna go after Lincoln Riley. But I don't think it's, it's gonna, gonna be tough to lure him out. I'm um, all aboard Lincoln Riley. Train, you're going for a college happen. coach, you have to give him. They would have to give him that sense of security here because Jeffrey Lurie is gonna have to pay a lot of money. Matt Rule got a big deal to leave Baylor, but you're also paying the buyout to get them out of that contract. So you're investing a lot of money into Lincoln Riley. If you're committed, if they get to Lincoln Riley. It's gonna be a five year deal. He's if be you're committed. If I would say seven, Matt Rule got seven. If you're committed, committed to a long, Matt, yeah, Matt Rule in Carolina got seven. And we I see some of these college coaches eight. coming into the NFL, and they're looking good. Like Cliff Kingsbury's looked pretty good with Arizona. Obviously, didn't make the playoffs, but he hasn't been a bad coach. Matt Rule, despite the Carolina struggles this year, he looks like he's a prominent head coach. Could be one of the better head coaches in the NFL. Joe Brady's about to get a head coaching job. The college coaches are getting chances. And the thing with Matt Rule, kind of different than Joe Brady, is now Matt Rule. I'm sorry. Lincoln Riley over Joe Brady is that Riley has now led a locker room. Is it different from leading from leading teenagers and young adults to professional athletes? Yes, but I I think he can make that jump, and I think they could be that team to pull him out of college football. They're going to try. They're going to try their damnedest to pull him out of college football. Yeah, I think. Was, I, I think Cowboys tried to pull him out last year. They never really made a big attempt. I don't, they never they, interviewed him, I don't think. They didn't even. Jerry oh, but Jones, I, I remember they reached out to him. Jerry yeah. Jones won an NFL coach, though. He wanted, Mar- he wanted yeah. McCarthy or Lewis. He wanted an NFL I, coach. I, I, think, I think Riley would be a really good hire for the Eagles, and partially because hire him necessarily means that they've made some assurances to him that he won't be basically treated like Doug Peterson to put it in no. shorthand, that he will have control, that he won't be treated like a nobody here. And even more so that, you know, he, if it's true that he and Howie Roseman do have this excellent relationship, which it sounds like it is, you know, that's sort of the most important thing. That's a big, that's a big thing for Howie. I is think. that like every coach that's been in Philadelphia and pretty much every executive, um, maybe except for Andrew Barry and Joe Douglas because they left after like two years, but you know, Joe Banner, Louis, Louis Riddick, uh, Chip Kelly. Now Doug Peterson, pretty much everybody with a prominent role in the organization has had problems with Howie Roseman. So if you're picking somebody like Lincoln Riley and saying, okay, we're going to trust you. Right. And, and you're not going to have any problems with Howie because you guys have a good relationship. That's a good sign for the Eagles. And I think that's the only way Riley even takes this job. So that's certainly a possibility. And I, I think, think they will try. Ultimately, I, I don't think they'll be able to get him just as a prediction, but I think they will certainly try, and that and that's an exciting prospect. Yeah, so I think that Jeffrey Lurie doing what he did today and even what it sounded like kind of during his press conference, he has a guy in mind that he wants to hire. Yeah, I, I, think, I they think they always have a guy. I think they're yeah, always scouting. I think that guy's Lincoln looking. Riley. Yeah. It's just more the fact that can they get him, convince him to leave Oklahoma where he has – Tremendous job security there. Like he won't get fired for. It's going to be 10, about the money. It's going to be at the money and the job security for Riley. In the control, what he has, I think, of but the offense you, and the coaching at, staff. Yeah, but if you're looking at Riley and Dallas, if that if that was a thing that was going to happen, yeah, Je- Jeffrey Laurie and Howie Roseman have a lot of say, but I think Howie is more willing to give up power to Riley than Jerry Jones is willing to give up to anybody. Yes, well, Jerry Jones is a dictator, so. So I think. Is Duke is are they going to land Lincoln Riley? I don't know. It's going to be hard, 
but could they? Yes, not to. Yeah. I think it's they possible. have the best. I have they have the best shot based well, on no, Lincoln Riley is not going to any team this year if it's not the Eagles. Yeah. So I'm not sure he's going to go to the Eagles. That's what I'm saying. He has the best. The, they have the best shot to land Lincoln Riley, and that's because of the quarterback yeah. situation. Like, Jaylen here's Hurts. my thoughts. I think they're going to you know? offer Jink- Lincoln Riley the job. You know, interview him, whatever. And I think if we Jay and I talked about this earlier, if he inter- interviews for this job, he's getting this job. Not even a question. It's, it's his. his job. It's if his they, job. If they, if it's they, his job. They want it. It's not like a Jerry Jones situation where they didn't even interview him, and Jerry Jones is so stuck up that he won't even go past to interview him or take a non NFL right now coach if the eagles the eagles we know the eagles are we probably assume that the eagles are interested it's lincoln riley's job if he wants it i understand college coaches wanting to stay in college football because you have this unlimited power but it seems in the past few years oh yeah they're treated like kings coaches in college football are treated like kings more college coaches are looking to make that nfl jump and i think this this seems like the opportunity for riley to make it but like guys like Dabo sweeney and nick saban are never going to leave yeah. I don't think Riley is the never going to leave college football type coach. Because what's, team, what's, what's, like the team success hasn't really been there. You know, it's been individual quarterback success and offensive success. I think that's, but that's in terms of like they haven't. Riley Oklahoma like hasn't. College, Oklahoma hasn't dominated the college football ranks really they in terms the, of team success. They dominate the Big Twelve. Tell you that that offense tears that division up. But if you if you give like, defense, you, if you say Lincoln that, Riley will pay you nine million dollars a year and you got job security for six years to come to the Philadelphia Eagles, that's a big jump from like are you are you recruiting are you controlling the roster like you do if you're a college football coach? No, it's different. But you're working with a GM you have experience you have not experience with but some a repertoire with a friendship with. If Howie Roseman. Like there's some doom and gloom about Philadelphia right now, but if you could bring in Lincoln Riley, I feel like that's a big like. That's a big, a big win. Boost. It's a statement. It's definitely a statement. To I, win. I would say just just to mention some of the other guys that we probably don't think they're going to go after. Brian Dabble's still out there. He is my top. I think he's I would like him. I, he's my third. He's my third. He, he is. Third. I don't know how. There's nobody with a better track record in any at any level of coaching than Brian Dabble has, has this the, year. And he has the experience with Hurts. He's you know, in he has not that really. he has that Alabama. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not even worried about that. I'm just I'm just talking about this year with Buffalo. Is is I know I'm just saying the is, connection though. Yeah. It is more and and so here's the thing. The difference is who's the Bills head coach right now? McDermott. Sean McDermott. That's right. A defensive coordinator of defensive, not even coordinator, defensive guy, Sean McDermott. So so Dabble basically runs the Bills offense. He's turned he does run the Bills offense. Yeah, he's turned. Uh, um, Josh, Josh Allen, Allen into an MVP candidate. And then if offense, you thought yeah. if you thought Frank Reich was the architect behind Carson Wentz in 2017, now imagine somebody who did that with a worse talent in Josh Allen. In my opinion, I mean, we can argue about that, but a guy taken later in the coming draft, out of college, yes, not a talent. very good, not a very good running game. Who had less success in the league in the last couple of years than 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 Wentz had had in 18 and 19 and 16. I mean, 16 was a tough year, but he was a rookie, so. You know, somebody who has probably put up a more impressive season offensively than Frank Reich did in 2017 has more control over the offense than Frank Reich did in 2017. And all around has just been at, at, at every level. And this is the NFL, as opposed to somebody who's had success at the college level. This is an yes. NFL coordinator we're talking about. So I think Dabble is definitely the top option. At the college level. Yeah, too. as well. I don't know why, what's going on with him or why we haven't heard his name as much. It's different this year. It's tough to get the interviews because in the I past, I think the Bills are just thriving the playoffs right yeah, now. Yeah, I think that's part of it. So he's the, taken two big interviews with what is it, Chargers, Chargers and, and the Jets. 
Oh yeah, take Atlanta. Yeah, he did interview with the Jets. And, yeah, and so Atlanta, and it's but it's. I mean, we will certainly see, right? I think he he is my top option. I don't know how much interest there is on the. I think the he's Eagle my side. top option too, but I've also and heard I, that the Chargers are. Yeah, I red I don't think there's a ton of interest on his side either. I don't, you know. So Not I just yet. I just really feel like it's going to be Deuce or a college coach, and I look yeah. at another college coach. I look at is Dan Mullen from Florida or Matt. Campbell I don't, I don't think Mullen State. from Florida. So, Mullen, I. Yeah. If we look at it very simply, they either land their big fish in Lincoln Riley or they go for the leader of men in Deuce Daly. Just, I right. think, yeah, okay. I agree. Like, I think it's one of the I other. agree with you. Those, think, are pro- those are two of the big options. And I think, yeah. I think, th- I don't think they want Deuce Daly right now, but I think if he impresses in the interview, they are more than happy to have him as the head coach if some of the other chips that they're interested in don't fall. Well, they've interviewed Deuce Daly twice now for head coach, haven't they? Right. And I, yeah, they have. Uh, I think at least once, but I, I know it's at least time, once. Just I once. think I, I think at this point it's 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 more of like a where do you think the organization is rather than like who who are you as a yeah, coach? I guess so. so and and they've given him promotions after those interviews. So I think he's done well enough in those interviews to imply that they think something of him. No, that yeah, just I agree. Like, right. So um, I think that's part of it. I, I think Jay sort of dismissed this earlier in our in our chat, but one guy that we've heard rumors about already that I'm very worried about is Chiefs oh, Kafka. Chiefs QB oh. coach Mike Kafka. <laughs> There's just a lot of rage around Kafka. I, I mean, I, he's just Doug Peterson, but with a less track record, right? He was a former a Eagles coach, and he had less control in the Chiefs' offense than Peterson did when Peterson was hired. I think it's just speculation at this point. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I think it's speculation. I also I think it's speculation. The only the only real reports that we've heard in terms of like guys that we know for certain they're interested in is Riley. I think Kafka's definitely more of a and technically Deuce because Jeffrey and, and Juice, Yeah, but I, I think I think you're right. Yeah, and I think the South. I, I yeah, think, but it's not like that's just kind of. I think that South Homer. Those are just guys they're going to interview. I think he yeah. knows I think they're the, on uh, the yeah, list. I, think, I don't I think know how those high are guys, they are on the list. I think those are. Bowles I think those are that list. Silly guy, Bowles was here. I believe. No, I don't they're want. They're not. Bowles. I don't think. Lurie can. Lurie can. Lurie can say it's not true, but they're not going to hire a defensive coach. They're not. But I think that list just consists of guys that interviewed for the other head coaching candidate vacancies. I don't think Bowles. I don't think Bowles has had more than one or two interviews. I know. I think that's a legit list. Bowles interviewed it in Detroit and Atlanta. I think. I, don't, I, I think Pal has a good list there where it's like these guys are probably yeah, on the Eagles' radar, I don't want. Like, but I don't Bowles, think... Bowles is one of those guys right. like Jim Schwartz. Not a good head coach, but a great defensive coordinator. He should not be their great, defensive but... coordinator. I mean, I don't think they can learn... He, he has no, a he won't job, right? He won't leave Tampa Bay. He has, he, has, he has Jim Schwartz-level power in Tampa Bay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, exactly. so, he won't leave. So, you know, Kafka, I think we would all agree, not the guy we want. It would be really just He's disappointing like, to say I'd rather have Deuce than Kafka. My lowest... absolutely. If I hit my least... Not my least favorite, but like my last ditch effort is just say douche you're the head coach. That's All right, my ready? Last one. And the I'm last, we'll run through a segment real quick. All right, Nader, give your last thought real quick. Yeah, the last one I'd say is Bienemy. We've heard some rumors about him. I think ultimately he already has other stuff lined up, which is why the people start to talk about him yeah. like he's not really an option in Philly because he would make a lot more sense than Kafka if they decide to go back down the Andy Reid route. And you know, there's been rumors that he hasn't been interviewing that well. I don't really. I, Sort of discount that to an yeah, extent. Yeah, I don't buy that as as a reason of why we, he we heard hired. Yeah, we heard previous, Patrick previous Mahomes. Year, previous years, I think he actually did. I think that's legit. Previous years, this one, I seem. I don't think it's. I don't know. Good. I mean, I we we heard Mahomes give a call to to uh, Deshaun Watson. Watson in Houston and say you should hire the enemy. I mean, he he's clearly if if Andy trusts him to be the OC. I mean, he's clearly is not yeah. nothing, right? So I, I I think he's certainly an option. I I just don't think he's on the table as much as people realize. Like not on the market. I, I, if I nobody goes after him. I think he'll be high on the Eagles list because obviously if they're considering Kafka, they're going to consider the guy above Kafka within the mm-hmm. organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think 
if they do try to go for Kafka, Bien-Ami Andy, and Kafka Andy are will both definitely tied at pressure. four to one odds to be the next Eagles head coach. By the way, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Deuce interesting. Staley, Deuce Staley and Eric Bieniemy have the exact same resume, except the Bieniemy's got Bieniemy's got better. I think it's they're very similar. Their career trajectories are very similar. Deuce just hasn't gotten a chance to call plays yet, and Bieniemy so called, which is why Bieniemy called plays at Colorado in eleven and twelve, and they were terrible. It was a horrible. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's called. He's called. I mean, I think he has more of an influence on the, the Chiefs than sort of anybody gives him credit. I mean, that's what this is what Andy does is he gives his coordinators mm-hmm. a ton of he grooms them for head coaching jobs, and so I think if they went to Andy and said we want to hire Kafka, he would say you know what about the enemy, right? That's the guy right. you should be going after if he doesn't have already have a job. So I would keep your eye out for that. But I think Deuce is, you know, I put my rankings out earlier. I, I, I like Deuce a lot. And I think, you know, especially the state of where they are right now, where they don't expect to be competing. I a hundred percent could see them saying Deuce at the very least is a transition piece, a transition coach for the next couple of years. He keeps the locker room together. He lets us get a chance to evaluate some good young offensive coordinator prospects like Graham Harrell. And maybe, at that point, if the team isn't that good, we move on from Deuce and we promote Graham Harrell. That's sort of a cynical way to think if you're the Eagles, but I think that's possibly in their thinking. And I also think that that's Deuce how they just thought. Be... I think that's how they thought for Doug. I think yeah, that's the exact same thought process yeah. for Doug. Great Peterson. point. Great yeah, point. they thought I, of I Doug think, as a transitional coach. I think ultimately, even outside of that thinking, Deuce could just be a very good head coach himself. I mean, I I, I wouldn't take anything away from him. Even we don't know. The run game, as much as people have been yelling about, you know, put get Miles Sanders more touches, this, that, and the other. I mean, like, the run game has Deuce, been good. Deuce and and, and him and Stoutland. They have, run the run game. That's right. Completely. Yep. Completely. And even with a banged-up offensive line unit, it was good this year. And, and I think it's been sort of unique and smart. And especially with Hurts, they had a really good system going. And, you know, and it would also give the Eagles a chance to get a really young guy like Joe Brady was when, when the Panthers hired him. Um you know, from college or a QB coach somewhere, just somebody with less of a, a profile right now that could end up being a really key player in their organization as a play caller and give them a chance to develop for a couple of years within the organization in case yeah. this daily project goes south. So I think he's certainly an option. When when people are saying, I think the Eagles have somebody in mind, I don't think they fired Doug Peters and saying, okay, it's time to give Deuce Daly a shot. They definitely have a list. And I think they fired Doug Peters and saying, if all else fails... Deuce Daly. We give Deuce Daly a shot and we'll be very happy with that, which is why right. I think, you know, they might be willing to go for some bigger swings like Lincoln Riley, like potentially be enemy. Matt Fitzgerald. There. I, right, you ready? I do think it's a college coach, but Matt, not Matt, Max, what your, your quick All right, said. before we wrap it all up, a quick segment here. I'm going to throw out a name, no context, yes or no. All That's all you need to do. Yes or no, okay. you want him as a coach or not. Basically, this is off the odds of becoming the next Eagles head coach. Okay, let's do an order, order for this too. We'll go yeah, Donovan, Jay, me. In order. All right. So where are we going? What's the order? Donovan, Max, you go first, and then Donovan, Jay, and me. All right, ready? So based, I'm going from top to bottom based on the odds. So, so are we doing? Are we doing this just whether if you'd be happy that they're hired? Or? Yes, if you're happy okay. they're hired, okay. not if you think okay. it could happen. Okay. Yeah. Ready? Mike Kafka, of me, no, I'm out. No. No. Uh, nay. No. That's a resounding note from all of us. Eric Bieniemy, um, I'm fine with that, but there's a few guys I'd rather over him. Yes. Nay. Yes. Ooh, Jay with a no. Brian Dabble, that's a yes for me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Hey, Jay, why don't you wait until I go? I'm going, you're going too slow. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. After the right, BMW pick, Ar- I can't trust Ready? You. We haven't talked about this name yet. Arthur Smith, the Titans offense coordinator. Honestly, that's- I'm out on that one. That's, I mean, honestly, that's that's actually not a bad name, but no. Yay. Uh, I'm also a no on that. 
we don't need to get we'll go quickly yeah no yeah i have a few more guys let's talk about lincoln riley i think i can speak for everyone i think everyone says yes but you yes. all can yes okay. yes deuce daily i think that's a yes from yes. everyone yes. yes joe brady yes 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 that's also yes a little me. inexperienced but ultimately he's gonna yes. get a head coaching job eventually yes yes, yes. All right, I got two more names for you. One we have not talked about again. Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers offense coordinator. Who? Nathaniel Hackett, <laughs> Packers <laughs> offense coordinator. I'm that's yes a, on that's, that one. That's a no. I got a yay. I'm also a yes on that one too. Definitely no. And then the last one here is Josh McDaniels at plus 1,200. So no. Hey, no. 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 I'm a big fat no on that. There's a bunch of other guys on the list that I just don't see. Mike Kafka over him. Like, hey, if you think Jason Garrett. Hey, Jason Garrett plus 2,800 now. Throw 10 bucks, win 280. Wait, let's, let's, I mean, let's also Give me Undlin as a head coach. Yeah, Max Ryan plus 3,300. Very quickly, let's also talk about some of the defensive guys. I think Todd Bowles. Okay, I, I wouldn't be too happy, but I don't whatever. think they're going defensive. Actually. He'd be fine, but if they do, I mean, other than Todd that, all the signs, no, all the signs before, like Jim Schwartz, signs, like judging by the press conference from from Lurie, all signs point towards their hiring an offensive-minded offensive coach. That's Jim also Schwartz. like he's only hired one defensive-minded coach his entire time as owner. And that Ray was Rhodes. Ray Rhodes, uh, his first <laughs> hire, and it yeah. didn't turn out too well. I, I just think that you know, well, I think this is the way they're going to do it. And the they're problem with for, the quarterbacks are going offense, but they're going to go for you know a defensive coordinator who's been a head coach before to run the defense, and probably a younger offensive mind that not hasn't necessarily been a yeah i think harrell i think we talked about obviously harrell is definitely one of those guys that's going to be up there on that list for well i would love later. to see is lincoln riley and a veteran defensive coordinator like that would be awesome like a Vic rex Fangio. ryan like a Vic Vic Vangio. like a Vic vangio type like, or like yeah. a who was the guy in denver for a long time john fox yeah, Fox, but also who is their DC? I'm thinking, I'm blanking on the last name. Fox would be an excellent hire. Vance Joseph. On, oh, uh, uh, no, no, no. Um, Adam Donna, Gase. Old, very old, very Ed old. Donatel. Right no, he's an Wade old, older Wade Phillips. There we go. Oh. Uh, another one. Uh, oh, Dallas, had, a former Dallas coach. Yeah. And um, you look at they look like Steve Wilkes, Joe Barry. Uh, I think you go for a. I think I think I love I love uh, the, the defensive backs coach for the Bills. Yes. All right. Before we wrap this up. Because we might not be able to make another pop before they hire Coach Troll. We know, as the, though we do think it might be a few weeks, possibly. They're not going to rush it. Yeah. Prediction for who your head coach is. Nader, I'll let you start. Who prediction? Who? Okay. Just off I mean, top of your head. So are we doing what I'll say? Are we doing OC and DC as well? No, just no, head no, coach. No, no, just, just head coach. Just okay. Head coach. I mean, here's what I'll say. I think if we're talking about the most likely guy, if I had to make a bet in terms of just odds, it has to be Deuce Staley. Mm-hmm. Just because it's hard to pinpoint, I think Deuce Staley is the most likely single person to get the job, but I yeah. don't think he's a better than fifty percent chance. I think if you said Staley or the field, I would. Definitely I don't think anyone's better than fifty percent chance right now. Right, but I mean, like in the past, you could say Chip Kelly was their favorite, or like even here, Lincoln Riley's clearly the favorite. I yeah. just don't think he's gonna. You know, so I think if you're gonna make me guess, it's Staley, but I don't feel good that he will actually end up being the guy. I just feel good that he's high on the list. So, All right. Deuce Staley, Jay. My pick, that was a safe bet. I'm not going to go safe. I'm not yeah, going don't. safe. Lincoln Riley. That's what mine is. That's, that's what I think is going to be the head coach. I think they're going to offer him the world, and I think he's going to take it. I think he's going to say, okay. I think the intrigue of the NFL is going to be too much for him to say no. I think he's going to come and play with Jalen Hurts, and they're going to hopefully do some big things in Philadelphia. But Wouldn't Donovan? It, it's very funny that – People talk about like oh rebuilding Carson Wentz and then they immediately sign Jalen Hurts' 
Yeah, former, former, coach. former coach. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm gonna go safe as well. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Deuce. Um, I think if you know if if it doesn't happen, and let's say Brian Dabble or Lincoln Riley get hired or another offensive mind, I would really like Deuce to get a promotion to offensive coordinator. Start maybe calling plays. I think if they don't because I think the head, yeah. Go ahead. I think yeah. I think I think if Deuce. I think no matter what, I think Deuce is getting a promotion. I think Staley's getting a promotion, whether it's head coach or offensive coordinator, at calling plays. I think I think he deserves it. I think he's I, yeah. He, I would just add that if it it might not be here. Yeah, promotion. And yeah, and that's uh pretty much wrapping up the podcast, I guess. So I mean, that's all that's from behind the birds. My 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 last final thought before we actually wrap up. One outside the name. Outside the outside the mainstream name I'll throw out there, Kellen Moore in Dallas. Stop Wait, it. Oh, um, outside outside the realm, Nick Serini, Indianapolis. That's always from behind the birds. We don't even want to hear any of that. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys in the next episode. Justin Fields, QB1.